I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Ginger and Dutch here on the Ginger and Dutch podcast. How about that music? Usually that's time for spring, the new beginning. Golf is in the air as two golf professionals here. But 2020 uh, has been a different year, and it's a different time, and Augusta's around the corner. Looking, Dutch, come on in. Yeah, looking forward to next week. I know we're going to do an all-master special. we got some really cool guests uh, in the meantime, we're packed at the golf course. We're getting to sneak out tomorrow. We've got a few uh, uh, things to take care of, and then an little afternoon game might be our last one of the year. So I'm excited about it. What I'm not excited about is uh, is how pathetic my picks have been this last few weeks. And oh man, uh, yeah, it hasn't been good. There's there were some bright notes for sure though, and I know uh, we're gonna flip things up a little bit. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk NFL after the break because we're gonna do a midterm report card because I know that's part of our process. We're halfway through the season. Indeed, um, we are. Well, where do you want to start here? There are lots of things happening. I know uh, a lot of the main sports have uh, gone, but we've got some uh, things definitely to talk about. So let's tons uh, tons of stuff, tons of stuff on the slate, tons happening in sports still. Let's start with. The soon-to-be number one quarterback possibly coming out in the NFL draft for next year, and that's Trevor Lawrence. I brought this up on the last podcast, that what happens if Trevor Lawrence gets COVID? Well, you, you know I hate talking about college football, but you're making a good point here. What happens with Trevor Lawrence? Okay, so what happens with Trevor Lawrence? They barely beat Boston College. That's what happens. And so- it's a damn shame they didn't beat them, because you want to know why? Because then I would have loved to see, because it's my beef always about the NCAA on playoffs, etc. Because it's a damn shame. DJ, no disrespect, uh, Ula Galilei, never heard of this kid, comes in, d- does a bang-up job, and steals a victory from Boston College. Because you know darn well if they would have lost that game, now what gonna, what's going to happen? Are they still going to have a chance to go for the national championship? Not if they lost to Notre Dame next week, and they have a big game in Notre Dame next week. Yeah, they're not going to be able to win that game without him. Right. So they could have lost potentially two in a row, and now what? Now you've got arguably the number one. Well, they were. They are still number one. They got the number one team in the nation, and now they're not going to make a playoff spot. There's no way they wouldn't allow that to happen. So I don't know. I mean, I think the whole system in the NCAA is broken. But anyways, you talk to me about your Trevor Lawrence. Tell me what your thoughts are on that. Well, Trevor Lawrence is obviously he's a he's a game changer. There's no doubt about that. And Clemson's not going to be able to survive without him. So it'll be interesting to see here. Hopefully they can get him back after this Notre Dame game, if they can survive that game. Is he out for sure? He, they've declared that he is out for Notre Dame. Wow. Wow. Um that makes a big that makes a big thing, but you know what? They're seven and zero. They lose one game and then they win the next three. You know they're going to get a top four spot. Yeah, but their margin of error is gone now. Yeah, their margin of error is done now. Yeah. 
Florida, Missouri. Did you see that brawl? Brawl Central, yeah, brawl Central. Three Crazy. or four fights going on. Um, I got what's what's going on with the Florida Gators head coach coming back out, pumping the crowd up, calling for all hundred thousand people to be in the uh, in the crowd. Um, does he does he know we're in a pandemic? I know Florida's all fully open, but um, somebody's got to get him under control. Their case is left, right, and center, and it's popping up even in the NFL. Crazy! Uh, you got the Pac-10 was or the Pac-12 was about to get run, and they got a big game coming up on Saturday. You're back into action on that. I don't know what the hell that guy was thinking. I don't know why they continue to to want to put full fans in the stands in Florida. It makes no sense to me. Uh, he was. It's an embarrassment for what he did. Yeah, this is supposed to be a leader of young young men here, and and to be acting like that. Uh, just doesn't set a good example for for the school for the football team. It just just not a good look across the board. Yeah. MLB. We know they handed out the uh, the World Series trophy. Everybody was uh, you know on Kevin Cash for pulling uh, pulling the pitcher early. What uh, what do you think? Still tons happening in baseball now. They're about to enter a. Uh, a big free agency period here. Is it going to be a big market, soft market? Who knows there? Yeah, you're already seeing some opt-outs for sure. We got A.J. Hinch back. Come on. As a coach in Detroit. Is it going coaching to make, the Tigers? Is, but is it going to make a difference? Come on, look at where the Tigers have been the last few years. They have they've done nothing. They, when was the last time they were in the playoffs? 2016. They've got a terrible record. A.J. Hinch isn't that good of a manager. Come on. And I know you're going to argue, okay, well, his last three seasons with Houston, he had 100 wins, but those were all cheating years. And they had look at the team that they had. Is he going to be? Is he is he a viable manager? Is he going to be? Is he going to be a difference maker? Well, I'm not worried about if he's a difference maker. What I'm worried about is is that what is that once again? What what is the example that that's set from Major League Baseball that that you can cheat for years on end and you just got to sit out a year? Yeah, and then you're back in again. But that's baseball, and of course that's going to happen. They just let it go. They just let it slide and. Here he is. He, what days after his after his suspension, he's he's on a team. So oh yeah, and this has been yeah this has been pre set up between him and Detroit for a while of now. Course, of course. Um, and Detroit's desperate. They're they're trying to get back to um, where they were before. They've never replaced Sparky Anderson. <laughs> good old oh, man. good old Sparky. Yeah. On to another coaching uh, carousel. Chicago White Sox. What are you doing? I know you've got a different feeling than me on this, so let's get into it. Tony Larusa, seventy-six years old. Fuck me, he's got to be—he's too old for this game, is he not? No Dutch. chance. You've got he's Rick Renteria. The guy just got nominated for Manager of the Year in the AL alongside Kevin Cash and Toronto's own Charlie Montoya. And there comes Tony Larusa, fresh out of the old age home, COVID-free. Coming back to coach the Chicago White Sox, Dutch, this is just a disaster in my I mind. I disagree. I disagree. And I know it's it's a little bit of a friend move in Jerry Reinsdorf. They've been friends, and I, I know he fired him back in the mid-'80s. But let me just start by saying Tony Larusa, okay? Guy managed for 33 years, and he hasn't been out of baseball just because he hasn't been coaching for the last 10 years. He's been involved for a, a few years in, in it. Yeah, like, he was consulting. Doing a few stuff. multiple yes. things. But yeah. let me just go by saying three World Series titles, six league championships, 12 division titles. Okay? If you think the guy still has it, he has it. This is Yes, your analytics. Is he going to be able to keep up with analytics? Come on, man. That guy's a smart dude. That guy's a smart dude. And, and not only... 
He still has, and he's even got a law degree. Okay, I think that if they let him manage properly, you know damn well that Blake Snell is going to be pitching in that sixth inning. Okay, Tampa doesn't do that. That's their philosophy. Everybody's got to stop ripping on Kevin Cash because it's not all his decision. If it was all his decision, then I'll then I'll retract those statements. But it's definitely Tony Larusa's still viable manager. I think the White Sox have a great great team. Uh, we talked about that earlier when they had their quick little playoff run. I'm okay with it. 100% okay with it. Yeah, they they've got a brave and they've got some pieces there. There's no there's no doubt about that. But um, it's not 1994 here. Like he, uh, my he's a word, smart guy. Yeah, he's a smart guy, and I guess you know, depending on the analytics department, they may be able to help him out a little bit with that. But you know, how can you relate to some of these players? You know, 76 years old. He, that, you're getting coached by your grandfather. I'll give you that. But in baseball, is is, is yeah, you're right. I'll give you that. Okay, but. Does he have to be one-on-one personal with all of these these kids? The the whole idea of managing baseball is 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 let's get the feel back into it. And maybe the White Sox are trying to prove a point here. And maybe maybe they've got a good enough team. And if they go off of uh, forget some of these analytics, stop with the shift, stop with uh, pulling pitchers after X X Y Z, and they get to the third time up in the batting order and all this bull ass B shit. Okay, but this this stuff is proven to work, Dutch. But it, yeah, maybe in the regular season. Show me that it's well, working. Kevin the, Cash made it to the World Series. Show me that it's. Show me Oakland playing small ball, starting this whole analytics thing in sports. Okay, Did made it win? to the second or third round of the playoffs. Still, I, I I think I think there's a there's a there's a, a, a legit home for a manager like that who has been around ball for thirty five or thirty plus years and has an opportunity. I want to see how he goes. I hope it's a success story. I really do. And I hope, not to prove you wrong, but I hope to prove some of these analytics and naysayers wrong, that, that, there's a, there, that he's still capable. As long as he's healthy and he can handle it, there's no, baseball's baseball. And it's, this is cut and dry here. Okay? You hit the ball, you get out, you pitch, you win games. When you get into a playoff series and you've got uh, quality, you've got quality um, players on your team, and you can manage your way through a game. There's no reason why Tony Larusa can't do it. Yeah, but I disagree with you there because the game, the way the game is played, has changed. It's not about no longer. We talked about this on the last podcast. It's not about you know bunting over guys from first to second with with nobody out and and you know hitting it to uh, ground ball to second base when you want to move the runner from second to third. That's gone. It's all about the long ball and hitting it deep, and well, it's all about that. the shift, and it's all about bringing in a bullpen as your opener and and going with three bullpen pitchers to get you to the sixth inning, and then you set up your, your high-leverage reliever guys. The game's totally changed. It's not just throwing 120 pitches with Nolan Ryan on the mound or whoever was pitching, yeah, but Adam, you can't say Adam that. Wainwright, when, when LaRusso was coaching. But you can't say and, that and that's the And letting him pitch 110 pitchers. Well, I don't know what he does. But it, it, so let's see what he's got when he's, when he's coming in here, and let's see what they allow him to do. And, yeah, he's going to fall along some analytics, and he's going to have people helping him. But let, let's, see, let's, see, let's go back to old school, and let's see if these guys can manage a game. They've got the quality players to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just can't see Tony LaRusso. You talked about being a difference maker with A.J. Hinch. I can't see Tony being much of a difference maker at 76 years old. I can't see him pushing them over the edge comparatively to a manager of the year candidate in Renteria. Well, we'll see. Uh, good for them for making an effort and, and trying to change it up a little bit. Um, you still have another vacancy. I think the Red Sox are still... 
trying to fill their vacancy with, uh, with it looks like Alex Cora is going to come. He's coming out of uh, suspension. Uh, they want to, as you said, rekindle uh, their World Series from 2018, I believe. So um, it'd be interesting to see if they, uh, if they do go that way. Another suspended guy coming back? Yeah, they're grasping at straws in Boston ever since Mookie Betts left. They haven't been the same. Boston's, um, Boston's entire entire city is in shambles with sports. Oh, isn't it great? It's so great. Finally, finally. I'll get rid of Belichick. They're just going nuts on it right now, right? Uh, they're in rebuilding across the board. Thank goodness, because Boston, you've had enough. That's right. Too many wins. So before we flip over and get back out into the golf course and get into uh, the PGA Tour, want to let our listeners know, following us along on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Ginger and Dutch One, we got a sweet... NBA free agent special coming up podcast two weeks from now hoping to get a couple good special guests coming on and next week is the big we're in the here and the now we've got the Masters Week special podcast two amazing guests on we've got host of the morning golf show Saturday mornings with Hugh Burrell fan 590 he's going to come on and join us Dutch and we've got one of our biggest players in the game on the PGA of Canada side, PGA of Canada executive professional at Devil's Pulpit and Paintbrush, Canada's premier private facility, Mr. Rob Roxborough is going to join. He's yeah. actually got a great story for us as well he was telling you about that. Yeah, he does, and I'm really looking forward to it. He's been a mentor throughout the business, and I uh, definitely look up to his um, what he's done for, uh, for golf professionals in Ontario, let alone Canada. So let's get back to the golf course. We're back at Houston as a prep for the Masters. New golf course, municipal golf course. We've got fans for the first time in a while on the PJ Tour. What do you think, Dutch? Yeah, Memorial Park. It's going to be fun. Uh, you know, it's one of those one of those weeks uh, where I'm not sure if you if you want to win uh, that week because uh, traditionally the winners never end up doing so well at uh, Augusta. But you know, Tiger's not going to play this week. Uh, he typically doesn't play this week, anyways. Um, and I wasn't sure what his thoughts were on the fans. I know Phil was him and Han, and that sounded at one point he wasn't going to play because of fans. But he's ultimately decided to play, which I think is good for Phil because he's he's starting around in a form. And and hey, it's going to be somebody who wins the Masters. It's going to be somebody that's won it before. And Phil's got the Phil has the game to to win at the Masters, as we all know. So I'm excited about it. I think uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a good week leading up. There's some good guys in the field. Yeah, it's a solid field. Yep. Tom Dope uh, design. Always, I always, always, always love playing these municipal golf courses. You know that. Big yep. tournaments, PGA Tour tournaments. Yep. Whenever we can have courses that also have access to the public, I find it really cool because then the public can go out and test their game. And yep. guys like me and you can go out and test our game. And when we think we're good, we realize that we're not really that good compared yeah, to right. these guys. Yeah, I'm just interested to see how they're going to move the fans around. I don't know the exact number of how many people are going to be there, but I'm just interested to see how it's going to work with some of these big names. Uh, you know, like a Phil, is he going to have the majority of the people around his, you know, walking? And, and are these these people going to be wearing masks or what it's going to look like? So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, it's an, it's another step for these guys to think about while they're out there golfing. Um, they've had many a weeks here now that they've just been able to play golf and let their minds rest and focus strictly on golf. Now some of these big guys are going to be back at maybe a little bit of a disadvantage because they are going to have crowds following them around. Yep. And that's something that they're going to think about. Hey, do I want to stay a few feet um, further away from the crowd as I walk through the ropes and 
you know, are the ropes extended further out than usual? So yeah. it'll be interesting to see sure. how this Houston Open management team uh, gets through this golf tournament safely. Yeah, for sure. And as we always do, uh, which we've had way more success in golf uh, than we have in well, football speak, the past year. Speak for yourself. Okay, I'm okay. still hanging alive on these NFL Yeah, you're picks. still 500. I'm, uh, I've got a little bit of climbing back to do. Uh, but we're at the halfway point, so I just need to have a little bit of a turnaround. And all you need is one three in a week, unlike my own three week. But, but on to golf. We've been very successful, and we did have a, a, a bad week the week before um, Bermuda. Uh, that's why we took it off, and, and it really wasn't that strong of a field, even though uh, it was nice to see uh, Brian Gay take that home. Yeah, and some fun stories. Freddie Funk made the cut, uh, chipping in on the last hole on Friday. Our boy Hearns. David Hearn continues his mojo after being on the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Yep. Had a couple of listeners uh, reach out to us and yep. mention Hearn again uh, with a good finish, uh, T8. Yep. Uh, good Canadian finish, period. Three Canadians inside the top 16, so great to see yep. those Canadian boys playing well. Yep. Do you want to pick, start us off with your picks here this week? Sure, sure. I'm gonna, I got two, two likely candidates that I think are going to be uh, definitely um, pushing for it. I'm really hoping that this guy's going to come through. It's just, ah, it's, he's just so due, and, and, and I'm going to go with my big gun of the week, and that's Tony Finau. I, I'm, I'm pulling for him. I really want him to, to to land a win here. I think this golf course suits suits him quite nicely. We're going to go with old man Englishman. We're going with Lee Westwood. I think he's going to come in. He's going to he's st- playing decent. Yeah, and he's going to steal a little victory. You know, big D, DC Darren Clark won on the on the on the uh, Champions Tour last week. So yep. so I think he's feeling a little bit of mojo. And uh, let's go with Lee Westwood. And my sleeper pick, uh, he might not be a sleeper if you start to dig in a little deeper than I did, but I, I, I think this, this fella, he, he always seems to, to just pop up every now and then, and he's on a little bit of a hot streak right now. He's had a couple top five finishes quietly in the last two starts, and that's Russell Henley. And I'm going with Russell Henley. So I got Russell Henley, Tony Finau, and I, the Englishman and Lee Westwood. Yeah, I like a couple of those picks. I like those picks for sure. When I, uh, when I look at Houston, what, what always happens in, in Texas is that wind blows. No matter where they are in Texas, it always seems to be blowing. And, and I tried this week to take a couple, couple players that have uh, routinely played well in the wind and are showing some decent form. So I'll start from the bottom now we here, and I'm going to start with the sleeper. Close to my home, I'm going to take another Russell, but not Russell Henley. I'm going to take the Scotsman. T9 at Safeway, tied for 16th at Bermuda. I know it was a different golf course last year, but tied 28th in this event last year, and that is Russell Knox. Nice. Russell Knox is my sleeper pick of uh, the week. He's won on the PGA Tour once before. I think uh, he's worth a little value pick if you're putting some units down, listeners. My rock steady pick of the week, good solid finish last week um, with a top uh, 20 inside at Bermuda. Had a good start. Struggled in the third round. He was tied 23rd in this event last year, and that is Ryan Armour. Ryan oh, yeah. Armour, yep. yeah. Coming through with Ryan Armour is my rock smokes, steady. Holy smokes. Oh, yeah, we're going off the board this week, All Dutch. Right. Good, Come good. on now. It's I, I easy like to it. take the big, the no, big no. names. Let's right. take some names that right. our listeners are going to make some units on here. Yeah. And you know what? I'm taking a flyer on my big gun of the week. He has shown some better form than he what he was before, and I know me and you have talked about him off air. It's coming up to Augusta where he's played well. He's going to be, he's a hometown boy. Family's going to be there trying to get ready for the Masters. He was tied 41 at Jojo, tied 38 in the CJ Cup. Not great finishes, but better than what he'd been playing over the last year and a half. That's our Under Armour boy, and that's Jordan Spieth. I think Jordan Spieth's going to have a good finish a, this week, and I think day. he's going to uh, come up. He is a bigger name that most of our listeners will know, so I put him in my big guns. 
And uh, that's my, my three picks of the week. Spieth, right. Ryan Armour, and Russell Knox. I love that pick with Jordan Spieth, but I do have to make... I don't want to make fun of you on this one, but I have to make fun of the comment about the wind early when you're talking about Russell Knox and, you know, windy players and windy conditions and that. Well... <laughs> I tried that theory uh, with Bermuda this week. Uh, obviously, we didn't make picks, but I made my own pick. And uh, one of the best win players, and, and he's, he's, he's always top in the stats right now in fairways. He usually struggles on the green. Uh, was I, I picked because uh, I got some good insight, <laughs> and I took Harold Varner. Well, he started off pretty good. He had a he had a two under on on Thursday, and then uh, and then on the windy day when he's supposed to be able to hit the fairways, he shot seven or eight over par, missed the cut. The rest is history. So I don't know. It doesn't always work. No, it doesn't always work. Yeah. But hey, we're giving it a shot this week in sure. Houston. I like your picks. I like all of our picks. What I do find about Houston though, when you look back at overtime. It's the same guys seem to always play well there. Yep, yep. You know, it's, it's it kind is of like a, the California stretch. That's yeah. right, right? So I think uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at as well. So we'll see how that works. So let's send our listeners off the break. Yep, friendly reminder, two weeks from now we got our NBA free agency special podcast. Make sure you tune in into that. And the big one next week with Hugh Burrow, Rob Roxborough, our Masters Week special podcast next week, folks. We'll catch you on the flip side. It's not Starsky and Hutch, it's Ginger and Dutch. The Devil's Advocates of Sports Talk Radio. All right, listeners, welcome back from break here on the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Before we hop into the NFL, make sure you're following us on all the social media outlets. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Ginger and Dutch One. We've got our contest coming out. We've got our weekly challenge as well. So make sure you're tuning in. All right. We're halfway home. Halfway home. NFL Week 8. What did we learn, Dutch? Well, I know we learned by looking at our our year-long predictions we're uh, we're not too far off you know we've had a couple real lock-in beauties we're way off on a couple and i i think with the way offs when i say it a lot of it is just straight up due to injury so um besides the vikings that uh yeah that uh my 11 of 5 predictions is not so good but listen if you look across the board here uh we've done well let's talk real quickly about this past week um you know we thought we talked about it last week. We talked. We talked about the San Francisco 49ers thinking that they were the best team in that uh, division, or, or they had a chance to be. And now, boom, shambles again. Kittle out, uh, Garoppolo out. They're done. They're done. They've got no chance. They've got no chance at taking that uh, taking that division anytime soon. The Green Bay Packers laid a goose egg. Dalvin Cook runs wild. 200 plus all purpose. Four touchdowns. Hey, hey, hey. The Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills. Bills finally bury the New England Patriots. Don't look now, though. The Miami Dolphins are right there. They are. The Pittsburgh Steelers undefeated. I got that one wrong. I had four points. I had four points for those Pittsburgh Steelers. Oops, wrong way. Sorry, I had four points for the Baltimore Ravens, and it went the other way. So we were close, but hey, what... Anything else that jumped in your face from from the weekend? Yeah, what I what I saw, and you know, it, it always happens, and it happens in the NFL 
every year between, I'd say, week 7 to week 11, that there's always a Sunday or two that the NFL shows you that it's any given Sunday. Great movie, too, man. Great, Great movie. movie. One of my all-time favorite You are right. Any system. given Sunday. There was a ton of different things that happened that just it was, it was just made you shake your head. Yeah. Hence you, the reason why we sucked on our picks. And even in our in our giant spread pool, we just didn't have that strong of a week. We were a few games below 500 on uh, on our overall pick. Yeah. You know, you thought San Fran was going to make a run. They get they get they get hammered by by injuries. Um, the Bengals show up and, and upset Tennessee and beat them handily. Uh, the Bucks are rolling all of a sudden. And then Monday night hits and the Giants easily cover and almost probably should have won that football game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was a bunch of different things that happened. The Chargers blow another lead. Chargers blow um, another lead. Yep. And the Broncos with the big comeback. So there was a bunch of things that, that happened to me that kind of said, hey, you know, any given Sunday, anybody can beat anybody. And just remind all of us that um, this is a professional league and that these are professional guys showing up, making big-time bucks. And they're going to play. They're going to play, and they're going to show up and show out. Yep. So. Yep. Well, let's let's do. Um, you know, we can change it up. I I have mine set up kind of as a little report card style, and then you can talk about where we where we ultimately predicted them, and we'll jump back and forth. So I'll kind of start in the AFC, and I'll I'll just I'll rip off two quick yep. divisions, and then I'll have you kind of bounce back, and and then you can you can do the other two. But let's start with let's start with of course the AFC East. So. We saw our predictions. You know where we had, and we both we both had the Buffalo Bills winning that division. We're in we're in good shape here right now. I'm gonna give the Buffalo Bills an A minus. I have, and we and you, we both had them the Dolphins at nine and seven. I'm gonna give them a B plus. They're right on track for that as well. New England Patriots. I got them at a C minus. Uh, they're they're but they're right where we we thought they were gonna be. They're 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 gonna be close to an eight and eight, seven and nine if they can get some stuff together. But who knows? And then the New York Jets are just a, a flat-out F for failure, just a, just a disaster. And you know we were being nice by going five and eleven and six and ten in our early game, or early season predictions, but this is a disaster. Yeah, I think you're. I can't argue with you on this one. I had the Bills at a B. They're exactly where we thought they were. Um, you know, maybe the offense hasn't been as sexy in the last four weeks, and uh, with Josh Allen not you know, continuing on that MVP pace that he had in the first four weeks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the defenses have changed the way they've played him, and it'll be tough for him coming home with a tough schedule here in the last eight games mm-hmm. to be able to keep that. For them, it's about winning football games yep. and getting where they need to get to. It's kind of a different feeling for the Buffalo team this year. Yep. I think the Dolphins are an A. Yeah, I had them at 9-7, and seven, but um, they've got a tough sled ahead of them here with some tough games. They've got the Cardinals this week. Sure. Um, Going to have to play the Patriots again. Got the Bills one more time. Got the Steelers in there. So, you know, I got them as an A at 4-3 and three right now. And we'll see where they finish up uh, by year's end. And you're bang on with the, with the Patriots and the Jets. I had them as a C and a D. Yep. Uh, exactly where they thought they were. Some injuries, poor performance by the Patriots side. And, and anybody looking at it between opt-outs and... Their free agency and what they did in the draft, because I don't never understood what they did in the draft this year. Um, they're exactly where the, we thought they were going to be, yep. maybe even a little bit worse. So. Couldn't agree more. Let's go to the AFC North. Um, so I'll run through the AFC, then you can do. Uh, you'll run through the NFC. So AFC North, no questions. Pittsburgh Steelers, A plus, Big Ben and company, um, proven the naysayers wrong. He's 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 got this team rocking and rolling. 
the Baltimore Ravens. B, reigning MVP, struggled, struggled mightily this week against the Steelers. I have them at a B. You got the Cleveland Browns, and I have them at a B minus. Again, if we look at where we had the Cleveland Browns, they're still right in around a playoff spot. So you're, you're, you know what? We we both have them in at a nine and seven as the playoffs. And then you got the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, it's like like a C plus, just because they're they're you know we knew there was going to be a transition period. You knew Burrow was going to struggle a little bit. They had an amazing win this week, and, and maybe this will turn the corner for them. Uh, but we have them, you know, at five and eleven across the board. Uh, that's where we kind of had them. So I think that's where they're really on pace for. Yeah, my question is, and I, you know, I'll disagree on the Bengals. You know what? I think they've been in every football game other than maybe one. Um, so I had them at a B. I think okay. I think Joe Burrow and that young offense with T. Higgins has shown some serious promise. Uh, still trying to find an offensive line, but you know what? They're competing. They're a young football team. They're the youngest coaching staff in the league, like we talked about in our, our pre uh, preseason um, outlook on the on the AFC North. Yep. So I think this team's learning how to win. With the coaching staff and the team, they can continually to build pieces on the offensive and defensive line, and the future looks bright to me in Cincinnati. Yeah, the big team to me, and I we talked about this off air is is how good is this Pittsburgh Steelers team? They're they're by far an A plus so far this year. I only had them at nine and seven squeaking in the playoffs, but we didn't discount the cupcake schedule that they have in playing in playing against the NFC East. Yep. Yep. I looked at it today. They've got a big matchup six weeks from now or five weeks from now against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football. This team, there's no reason if they can beat Baltimore in three or four weeks here that you know they they go the Cowboys, they got Washington, Jacksonville, um, Buffalo, Baltimore. Like there's no reason that this team couldn't be um, eleven and 0, 12 You're right. And 0. You're right. And there there will be a letdown game, and it's can they get through that? Uh, you know what you said. It. They've got the Ravens one more time. They've got the Bills, which uh, the Bills always play them tough. The Bills beat them last year. I know it was without Big Ben, but and then uh, I think the Colts, uh, which we're going to talk about that later. I have the the Colts as the, my surprise team so far, and and I actually have them this week uh, in my picks. When we'll get to that. Yeah, and I think I think. You know what I'm saying in the end of this all, and we add it all up. Yeah, they may not go undefeated. We know how tough that is sure. in the NFL. But when you look at that schedule, I'm I'm telling you right now, over the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm taking the hot take. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers as the number one seed coming out of the AFC. That's my midterm um, hot take for okay. the the playoffs. I'm now changing that. They're going to be the number one seed at 13 and three, 14 and two possibly. And home field advantage is going through Heinz Field in Pittsburgh in January. Wow. Well, there you go. What do you think about Baltimore? Baltimore is going to be there. They're a good squad. You know, I, like I, you've heard me say it a million times, you're never as good as you look, yeah. and you're never as bad as you yeah. look. Yeah. It, it, you know, Jackson's going to have some good games. He's going to have some bad games. Yeah. Um, five and two is where I thought they'd be. They're going to get to 11 wins, 12 wins, not to worry, and they'll be uh, in the thick of that playoff race as well. Yeah. All right, AFC South. Well, the class of the divisions lost two games in a row, and that's the Tennessee Titans. So I've uh, I put them in at about a B minus is where I have them. 
Uh, and then I've got India, as I was saying to you. It's just a, one of my surprise teams of the year. You know, when we look back at where we had Indy, um, we, we had them as a surprise standing. We had them at 10-6 and 6 and 11-5, and 5, respectfully, and they're doing I had them winning that division, You did, folks. you did, you did, and they're, 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 they're right there. Uh, Philip Rivers and company are, and their defense are doing a great job. I got India at a B plus. Houston, <laughs> well, they're an F. They're in shambles. And Jacksonville, need I say any more, they're an F as well. They are just in shambles as well. Can I give Jacksonville a Z? <laughs> they are just... Does that letter even exist on a report No, that's card? zebras. We're talking yeah. Jaguars here. Oh, there we go. That, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, you're, there's no, uh, no issues on your grading there. You're bang on there, Dutch. Um, yeah, I, I guess one of the ones I had wrong, I thought Houston would have had a little bit of a better go of it but mm-hmm. uh just a stone cold mess in houston tennessee's impressed me with continuing on from their um run playoff run last year all the way to the afc championship game and uh they look strong run the football play good defense they'll be there in the this afc playoff race as well yeah okay and then the last on the uh, afc side we're gonna go with the afc west which we the know wild, wild west you got it we know it's always a tough division you, you, you have no choice but to give the kansas city chiefs a, a, an a plus they're seven and one they only lost one division one game and it was a division game they lost to the raiders and everybody knows how hard it is to win a division to win your division games ask the packers this week when we talk about the nfc okay we got vegas at four and three they're a B minus. Gruden's got that team in a good spot, just like where we thought. We had the Raiders. You had the Raiders not so good at six and ten, and I believe I we have to check back on it. I'm missing my notes here, but I think I had the Raiders kind of in and around in and about the 500 range. Yep. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. No, you I see think that? you're right there. And we got the Denver Broncos. They just seem to always want to hang around. They're three and four. They had some huge injuries to start the season, and everybody knows how tough it is to play in Denver, and especially when it starts to get cold. Man, they're 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 hovering. They're you've got them. You've got them as a playoff team. I did have and, them and, as a and playoff they're, team. They're starting to turn that corner. They're starting to turn that corner. And I got the Chargers at, at, a, at a C minus. Uh, you know the bright spot's been Herbert. I know they're only two and five. The bright spot's been uh, their, their young quarterback. You know I think losing Eckler was a, a, a huge hit for them, and they, they've got a long road to uh, to get to five hundred. They're not doing anything with that coaching staff. You cannot lose four games in a row of 15 points or more or double digit leads whatever the stat is it's just absolutely ridiculous yeah they're playing decent football and then all of a sudden they just try to drive the bus home and they just can't do it it's got to be the coaching staff players aren't making plays i understand that as well but come on guys uh this is d for me herbert you're you're bang on dutch he's been been a nice little bright spot but um just ridiculous from the LA Chargers. Yeah, got to hold these leads. They're the only reason why the Broncos still got a hope. And like I said to you, watch out for this Broncos team. It's tough to play in Denver in the in the winter. Yep. They're starting to get healthy. Yep. They can get Tim Patrick back, Cortland Sutton back, Von Miller still floating around on IR. He is not out for the entire season, folks. So if they can get to Week 12, 13, and all of a sudden they, you get your best pass rusher back. Um, I still see Denver kicking around with Cleveland and a couple of these other teams trying to grab that uh, seventh and final playoff spot yep. in the AFC. Yep. Yep. All right, the flip over to the NFC. Yeah, this will be this will be short and sweet because I'm going to make this real easy for you. We're not even going to talk about the NFC East. So we're just going to skip right by them. You can cross off your notes. <laughs> Look at what Gosh, I put here. We're not. I put I give the entire NFC East an F. The only thing to talk about is Riverboat Ron because I think that you know what they're trying to rally for him and and it would be nice a nice story. Seven and nine's winning that division at best. Not talking about. It. We've already wasted Done. enough breath. Okay, let's go to. Move forward. We'll go down to the NFC South. 
Okay, and we'll start there. I got the uh, Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a B. They've been a little bit better than I thought. Probably a B plus, actually. You know what? I had them at nine and seven um, in our preseason uh, outlook. You had them at twelve and four. They're exactly where they should be. Still trying to find their way offensively a bit, a little bit. The defense has impressed me with the speed. Damn. Antoine Antoine uh, Winfield Jr. Uh, the speed of the linebackers got some nice pass he was rub a beast up, last night up front. Yeah, he got there a little early on that mm-hmm. uh, that last play, but hey, still got the arm up on it. So um, I like what they're doing. They're going to be there for sure. I think they'll probably be right in around the record you said, Dutch, at twelve and four, yep. better than my nine and seven prediction. The New Orleans Saints. We had them both at eleven and five. I've got them at an A, and the reason why I've got them at an A is because they've done this with nobody offensively. Um, Sean Payton's gone to a little bit more of a conservative play-calling style and not as creative and aggressive as he usually is um, early on in the season. But, hey, they're going to get Michael Thomas back soon here. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is going to come off the COVID list and look out for the New Orleans Saints. Um, they've probably got a lot of plays left to dial up in that playbook that they haven't put on film yet this season with some of these big names. And uh, they'll be right in the hunt as well. We had them both at 11-5. and five. Can't see why not, why they wouldn't be in that area. Mm-hmm. My Atlanta Falcons. Um, That's your first dud. My first dud. I think it might be one of your only duds. I know I have one coming up, but yeah, I think yeah. It's, your, it's a dud. You the Falcons and the Steelers and were my two, my two misses. Um, I thought, hey, they should be. They're, they've played what eight games. This team should be five and three, four and four. There's Should've no, no not reason why, but they're in the same boat as the Chargers. The coaching staff stinks. Doesn't matter if it's Dan Quinn or Raheem Morris. They just don't got the playmakers or the horses on the defensive side to close out those football games when they need to. The Panthers, hey, Teddy KJB. Why not seven and nine? They're showing some progress. I thought they would as well. I thought Matt Rule was too good of a coach. To, uh, to not show some progress, and I loved how they went all defense in the draft. I think they'll come in 6-10, and 7-9, and nine, right where we thought. Yeah, and I pretty much have you right across the board the same thing. I, I do have um, Tampa at an A-. I, I just think that they're, they've got all their weapons are starting to come around. Uh, they, they, they've had some injuries on wide receiver, but, you know, Gronk, three games, three touchdowns. Uh, who knows how this Antonio Brown circus is going to go, but I love where they're at. I'm, I'm actually proud of this division so far. I, I've got it pretty much locked in. Um, you know, you know the Saints are the Saints are where they're supposed to be. You know, get Thomas back on the field, and it's huge. You know, they got a big division game up against the Bucks on primetime this coming Sunday. Yeah, it just it just it's going to open up so much for them. Uh, yeah, you look at that sure. that call late in the game there uh, against the Bears. And, you know, it's a, a third and three or third and four. And you, the, everybody knew the ball was going to Kamara. And yep. they, they put him in motion. And they try to throw it to him in the flat. And, you know, that's a play that might work if, if Dries, Breeze drops back, pumps fake once to Thomas, yep. keeps everybody honest, and then throws it in the flat out to Kamara. Yep. But when they know that that's the only spot that that ball is going, they can key on it. And they were there before the ball was. Yeah, they just have no, not enough weapons. You got it, and they're just too predictable right now. And I, you and I talked again about that with uh, just Peyton's play calling. I'm just not just uh, just not sold on those New Orleans Saints. And uh, in Carolina, you know, Tampa, Carolina, listen, McCaffrey's going to be back on the field. Uh, Teddy KJB, you know, he's a cool story. I love him. He's a former Viking. I, I love him. I just don't think he's good enough to lead that team. I, I it, Like, lead that team to a, a 500 above record. And the Falcons, you know, need I say more. They are fun to watch. Yep. But that they're just they're they're where they're where I thought they were going to be. 
Yeah, and it'll be too tough. Um, not enough division games left for uh, Carolina and the Falcons to climb back in on, on those two teams. So Agreed. Let's, as we go south to north, we'll go up to the NFC North. The Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, and your Dutch Minnesota Vikings. Let's start from the top. Uh, big divisional loss for the Packers this week, but still the to me the the cream of the crop in this division. We had them at eleven and five, ten five and one, uh, taking down this division. You had your Vikings on the homer pick. Yep. Um, but uh, I think the I'll give the Packers a B. To me, they're right where they should be. They haven't shown me. Anything that I didn't expect. Um, so we'll keep those Green Bay Packers at a B. The Chicago Bears. Tough schedule coming home. Only played two division games. They've got a lot on their slate. You've said that right from the start. Tough loss against the Saints. Dropping to 5-3 and three now. We're going to put the Bears at a B plus. I had them being not very good this year. I had no confidence in them at 5-11. and 11. I've been impressed by the Bears so far. We're giving them a B plus. My Lions, I, we had them at 8-8. Eight eight. You had them right in around that 7-9, um, 6-10 mark, f- last place in that division. They've shown a little bit of progress. Yep. Patricia saved his job. Big game this week, correct me if I'm wrong, against your Minnesota Vikings. Yep. This will either put the Lions back into the race or put the Vikings completely out of the race in that matchup in my mind. So yep. I'll give the, the Lions a C, and I'll give your Vikings a C-. minus. I had them at 8-8, eight eight, not being that great. Too many losses to me on the defensive yep. side of the ball. Yep. Um, we're going to give them a C-. minus. I thought they would have been a little bit better than they are. Just haven't shown me a lot. A bright spot on wide receiver in Jefferson, but um, still a long, long way to go for these Minnesota Vikings if they want to sniff the playoffs Yeah, and all. you're big on that, and I, I will I will take one of your steals on that when we talk about when I get to the Vikings here. But I'm, I'm pretty close to the same. I had Green Bay at an A, an a and up until last week. I, I would have possibly given them an A-plus, uh, and then they just took a week off. Uh, they, they I think they took the Vikings, and I don't know why. Uh, it's a big division game, but they took the Vikings um, for granted, and, and uh, they got caught. The Bears, uh, you know, a B, same as you. They played tough again this weekend. Uh, and, hey, they finally got a, a guy that can kick a field goal. <laughs> that was nice to see. It was nice to see. It was a little bit uh, – they fell short, unfortunately, in losing into overtime. Well, Ginger, I don't know about the Lions so much for uh, for the Lions uh, as they uh, got – hanging on still. I'm I know. hanging on. They got a beat down by the Colts. Uh, Colts came off a bye, and, uh, and they were well-prepared, and they took down the Lions and, uh, easily, easily. This is it for the Lions. You've got to yeah. beat Minnesota and then get into some real, you know, Washington, Jacksonville, some real easy yeah. games yeah. that they can uh, put a little bit of a run together. Yeah. But if you don't beat Minnesota and get back to 500 here, um, I'm letting you go. And Right. And I'm living a pipe dream. Um my my week eight grades for the Vikings is a D, um, but I'm living a pipe dream. They had a massive, massive win in Lambeau, and and as you st- stated way back when this all started, young team, no training camp. They're eight weeks in. They're starting to finally find a little bit of progress on D. I know they made a big trade, but that that then got rid of. Um, I can't. I can't even pronounce his name, so I'm not going to. On the DN, and they shipped him off. Uh, they only had him for a few for a few weeks. But Yannick and Dockway. Yeah, I just right. He didn't do anything for us. It's no big deal. Think about it for a second. You got the Lions, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Panthers, and the Jaguars in that order. Combined 14 and 24. You're telling me there's a chance. 
were two and five the Vikings. Got to beat the Lions. They beat the Lions. They could go on a tear. We could be talking at the six and six Vikings because it's there for them to take it. Now, they've got to take care of business in the division. They've got to take the Lions for first and foremost, and then they've got to beat the Bears. Hello, anybody in Minnesota, anybody that knows how to run a stadium, how about you make some noise in there and uh, maybe take a little bit of a home field advantage uh, sooner rather than later? If not, your season's over. Yeah, it'll be tough. They're going to they're gonna have a long, long way, Dutch, because you've got to think in our next division that we're going to cover here, the NFC West, there's going to be three, three teams coming out of there. The Bucks and Saints are coming out of the south. Um, there's five teams, and then you've got your two division winners in the north and the east. Yep. There's your seven teams to me. Yep. I just, even with a big time run, well, like I, I said, it's don't a pipe dream. It's going to be enough. Yeah, it's a pipe dream. I know, but you know what? Listen, it, you can always dream. You can always dream about it, and maybe they can salvage a bit of the season. All right, let's finish this podcast off here with the NFC West, uh, the best division in football. What a way to end! And um, I think we've just seen an ending to. The San Francisco 49ers. Decimated. Uh, $80 million on the injured reserve, folks. The highest that we've ever seen. Um, Garoppolo, Kittle, I don't need to insult you. You know the list of players that 49ers have gone down. It's crazy. I'm going to give the 49ers a B. I think it's just absolutely miraculous that they're even 4-4. Four and four. Kyle Shanahan, to me, has done a great job there. That's right where it up. Um, I'm giving them a B for being 4-4 four and four with that injury list. Right where happened. The Rams, I'm going to give them a C. Uh, I had them at 10-6. and six. You had them at 8-8 eight eight in our preseason look. A uh, little bit disappointing by the Rams. A little bit of enigma. Don't know what team's showing up. And just a real bad loss to the Miami Dolphins this week. Yep. Um, just haven't been impressed by the Rams, but they're right in the mix. Yep. And Sean McVay. 5-3. Uh, 5-3. Uh, I'm giving them a C. The Cardinals, your hot take Cardinals. I had them at 6-10. and 10. You had them at 10-6. and six. They've got a tough schedule, but i got to give the Cardinals an A-minus for what they've done. Kyler Murray's impressed. They've been able to get DeAndre Hopkins in there and, and actually use him like a big-time receiver. But a um, lot of division games left in this, this division. Yep. Each team's only played two, which means half your schedule coming home here in the final eight games, nine games, um, is going to be in the division, and they're just going to beat each other up here in the last nine weeks yeah and we're ultimately going to lose out here because we both had San Fran at high hopes and obviously injuries and that's the one where we can say oh well we are wrong but we know why uh, they're they're where they are and the Seattle Seahawks I'm going to give them an A I thought when we did that preseason look that the de- I knew the defense would be in tough they've just lost too many pieces you know all you've got is Bob Bobby Wagner holding on and a little bit of a broken down KJ Wright on the defensive side. I knew that the defensive side would be a struggle and I had them at 8 and 8. I just didn't think Russell would be able to take them that far in a in a real tough division. Mid-season but, um, MVP, but he's the, he's just gone above and beyond. 6 and 1 could be 7 and 0 oh, and uh I think they're 7 and 1, aren't they? 6 and 1? 6 yep. and 1, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm I'm close to everywhere across the board. Listen, we we're gonna give San Fran a B. Uh, the Rams have a huge huge game um, after their bye week. They're on a bye, and they've got the Seattle Seahawks coming in after a bye. The Cards, well, need I say more? I had them at ten and six. I I think they're doing great. Their only you know low spot, uh, Ginge, is is their two losses were against two below five hundred teams. They lost to the Lions and they lost to the Panthers. Um, other than that, the cards have looked spectacular. 
And uh, I know you said Abe. I'm sorry. I got to give the Seattle Seahawks a, an A plus. They're they're one of my only other teams that I've given an A plus. Um, they've only had one loss, and yet again, it was a division game, and it was on the road against the Cardinals. Um, time will tell. They have a they have probably the most important game in uh, for the Bills coming up. Uh, in uh, they're going to Buffalo this week. Yep, it'll be the game of the week on it, Fox. It will be the game of the week. It's, we'll see if Aikman and uh, Buck get the game. Yeah, they never do Bills games. They never do Bills games <laughs> unless they're on a Tuesday against the Chiefs. Yeah, so you know what? Listen, we've done a great job with it. I think uh, I think we've been bang up. Uh, we, you know, you look at all of our our midseason report card. You look at everywhere as far as where we thought these teams were, and I I'd say we're at about eighty five percent halfway through of where we thought we these teams were going to be. So good job, Ginger, on 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 your picks, and and I'm pretty proud of where we've uh, where we've got some of these teams laid out. And a little perfect little segue to our picks of the week here to end off this podcast. So let's, uh, before we let our listeners go, please let me do better this week. <laughs> Last week I tried to let you go first. It didn't help you, so I'm taking back over the reins here. Okay. We'll start. Oh, we're changing it up too, right? We're going to do a Sunday night because of our special guest, right? That's correct. Okay. And uh, we're going to have to record the next week's Masters special podcast on Monday. It'll still be released Wednesday, the day before the Masters, folks. So make sure you tune into that. I got the Bears plus six this week against the Tennessee Titans. It's too many points. Um, two defensive teams. Tennessee's going to try to get Henry going. The Bears can stop the run. It'll be back and forth. I see it much like that Saints game where it's a tight ball game. You're not going to make up a spread this week. I'm not going to make up a spread. Okay. I got, that's the best part about booking these spreads on Tuesday. You get the early spread, folks. I was 1-1-1 one, one, and one last week because that line opened at 2.5. Yeah, That's right. right. You're right. I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders plus one. I got the Road Dogs this week on all three of my picks. We're going Road Dogs. I got the Las Vegas Raiders plus one against the Chargers. Chargers can't hold the lead. Vegas is playing big boy football. They're running the ball with Josh Jacobs. Play action and off it. Derek Carr's playing maybe as good as he's ever played. And I just don't trust that Chargers defense even at home. And I'm taking Vegas pretty much in a pick them at plus one. I'll take the free point. And I've got the New Orleans Saints Sunday night football against the Tampa Bay Bucks. They laid a dud last week. I just don't see the Bucks operating in that high-octane offense where they can start to blow teams away. I think it's going to be another close game. I suspect Michael Thomas will be back, maybe even Emmanuel Sanders, and I think the Saints will be able to hang tight here with the Bucks. and I'll take the plus five and a half or six or whatever points. Okay, um, good. I'll take yours. I had it at plus four and a half is what I had it, and that was uh, this morning when I looked at it. So let's be a little bit generous here. I think we should be at uh, plus five. Unless you can find it there while I'm doing my picks, we're going to say it's plus four and a half unless you can find it differently on there. Because I'm with you anyways on the Saints. Yep. Okay? So I'm with you on the Saints. I won't talk too much about it. I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints as well. I think Michael Thomas comes back in it, and, and that game is uh, uh, rocking and rolling. Um, no doubt. Uh, they, they might even win outright. My lock of the week. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're 10 and 14. You got a lock of the week. <laughs> My 10 and 14 lock of the week. You sound like friend of the show Mike Zigamanis with his lock of the week. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. The Indianapolis Colts, I talked them up. Oh, I like this pick. Yep. I talked them up. Plus three and a half. Stunned the Ravens at home. I think that they actually win the game outright. MVP Jackson's a little bit rattled after the, uh, the Steelers game. I think the Colts, home dog, plus three and a half. And my last pick, 
I hate to do this to you. I hate to do this to you, Ginge. But I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks in a shootout against the Buffalo Bills. Minus two and a half. I know it's. I don't know why I'm giving points away for the Buffalo Bills at home, but I just think the Seahawks are just going to run and gun. Last last team gets the ball. Um, Buffalo struggled to score the last couple of weeks, and 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 I, I think you pick this, with your mind and not with your heart, and that's the correct pick. I gotta go that way. Yep. I gotta go with that way. Well, listen, um, a, a great episode. Uh, we did it in a little different remote spot today. Uh, I, I hope you enjoyed it. We're really, really looking forward to the Masters the following week and our cool guests. Uh, I'll uh, I'll let you finish it off because you usually send it to you. Send it to me. So you know what? Thanks for another great episode. Folks, remember, tune into the Ginger Nutch podcast every Wednesday morning. It's released any given Sunday. We can't forget that when you're tuning into the NFL. Like Dutch said, make sure you're watching the Masters. Hey, how often are we going to get it in November? We're excited as golf professionals. For all those golfers out there, I'm sure you're excited. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to the Ginger Nutch podcast. Hello, friends. This is Ginger from the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Here's a little sneak peek of our guests on next week's master special, Hugh Burrow and Rob Roxborough. The Fours. Hugh Burrow joins us now on the line from Royal Montreal. Uh, tell us a little bit about Graham Dillette's round, Hugh. Hey, Tim. Yeah, it was, it was real good, wasn't it? Boy, did he have himself a day, huh? Yeah, I, I'm uh, just reading about it, so I don't know a ton about what happened. I've been doing yeah, this thing hosting, so help me out here. Basically, he was saying uh, in the in the post-round scrum that everything that wasn't dropping yesterday was dropping today. And uh, just check out the the group that he was in. Jim Furyk was minus seven today. He leads at 10 under. Matt Kuchar. He had a great day too. He was five under. He's he's in the hunt as well. That that combined group, the three of those guys were minus nineteen today. Yeah, I first got into golf. It was nineteen seventy seven. My father took me to the Canadian Open at Glen Abbey. On the putting green after they were done playing, he said, "You know, what did you think of golf today?" And I said, "You know, I really like him." And I pointed to Ben Crenshaw. So Ben Crenshaw heard me say that, and, I, and uh, so he said, "Well, you're going to need these to get started." And brought me two golf balls over, of which I still have today. The next summer is when I really took golf seriously. I started to play in some junior tournaments, uh, worked at a golf course part-time to be able to afford the opportunity to practice and have a place to play. I first got introduced to Mike Weir when I was 15 years old. Mike would have been about 12. When we were playing junior tournaments against each other, it was whether you're an age group older, you look to see what Mike Weir shot, and if you're an age group under, you look to see what Mike Weir shot. I'm Ginger, and I'm Dutch.